0: Gilbert Stuart's iconic portrait of George Washington is likely one of the most often-viewed images in the world. Painted in 1796 and often referred to as the Athenaeum portrait, the unfinished rendering of the newly constituted republic's first president has been featured on the American $1 bill for more than a hundred years. The painting is shared by the National Portrait Gallery in Washington and the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, with each institution having the honor of displaying it at three-year intervals it's an eye-catching work and a true national treasure the painting certainly caught the attention and imagination of captain john e swords a merchant seaman from the southwark neighborhood of philadelphia on march first eighteen o one captain swords approached Stewart, asking to buy a copy of the painting of the beloved washington who had died little more than a year before though he struggled with debt for much of his life Stewart was only willing to sell provided the captain would agree to a non-negotiable condition "'Swords must not make copies of the painting.' It was an understandable demand. Washington was still very much in the hearts of the nation he helped found, and selling his highly regarded portraits of esteemed Americans was how Stewart supported himself and his family. Captain Swords easily agreed to the demand, promising Stewart that he would not have the painting copied. Instead, he wished to buy the portrait in order to present it to a gentleman in Virginia. Taking the good captain at his word, Stewart sold him the work." Soon thereafter, in that same year, Captain Swords boarded the Connecticut, a ship owned by Philadelphians James Barclay and George Simpson, with his George Washington in tow. However, his destination was not Virginia, it was the Far East, and he brought with him no intention of keeping his word to Gilbert Stuart. Instead, upon arrival in Guangzhou, Canton, China, Captain Swords turned to the well-practiced copyists of that nation and placed his order. One hundred copies of the portrait— measuring thirty by twenty-five inches, painted in reverse on glass. Such a betrayal wasn't completely out of character for the hardy seaman. Letters to his mother, back home in Philadelphia, told of his smuggling, and according to historian E. P. Richardson, Swords's was an age of a free-and-easy attitude toward customs, regulations, and other such petty legalities so it is perhaps unsurprising that upon its return to america the inbound foreign manifest of the connecticut did not declare the one hundred portraits of george washington instead it made mention of only one case painting which richardson speculates might have been the original painting that had been purchased from stuart captain swords was able to easily find customers eager to procure a painting of the man who the citizenry saw as the greatest man in the world "'their own American Cincinnatus, "'and went about selling the works. "'Provenance was no more an issue to the buyers "'than it was to the seller. "'They simply couldn't resist the opportunity "'to own a work by the man "'who was arguably the nation's greatest artist. "'Eventually, word that the captain "'was selling the portraits made its way to Stuart, "'who was, understandably, outraged. "'And so the artist resorted "'to that most American of actions in response. "'He took Captain Swords to court.' On May 14, 1802, Stuart swore a complaint with the Circuit Court of the United States in and for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. In it, Stuart, who was still a British subject, told the court of the guarantees he demanded and to which Captain Swords had agreed. He also laid out the scheme as he understood it, asking the court to subpoena and interrogate the captain as to the agreement, his actions with the paintings, and the extent of the breach of contract, requesting that they determine how many of them he brought into the united states with intention to vend or dispose of the same or some and how many of them and where they now are and in whose hand finally Stewart asked the court that the said John E. Swords may, by the decree of this Honourable Court, be enjoined and restrained from vending or any way disposing of any of the said copies, and may be ordered to deliver up all that remain unsold or otherwise, so that the Court might dispose of them as it saw fit. Before the day was out, the Court acted on Stewart's complaint ordering captain swords and any associates to desist from selling or otherwise disposing of the same copies of the portraits and to have the remaining portraits ready for further action from the court